Zakempe dishes in front, another sliding catch saved by Fleury, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizada sliding catch save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Coming to you from Section 117 inside T-Mobile Arena. The fortress is quiet. This is the proverbial calm before the storm as 18,000 people will be in the building tonight for Game 3 of the West Division Final. The Golden Knights uh, aiming for their first victory against the Colorado Avalanche, uh, trailing in a series 2-0 for the first time. But, boy, Game 2, did they deserve a better result in that one. If they can continue and carry over the type of performance with just a little bit more execution, uh, I like uh, the Golden Knights' chances. Talked about uh, some of the in-game uh, analytics between uh, the two top lines in game number two. That'll be something to keep your eye on tonight, to whether Pete DeBoer likes that matchup head-to-head of Chandler Stevenson, Max Pacioretty, and Mark Stone against the Gabriel Landeskog, uh, Nate McKinnon, Mikko Rantanen, uh, because it was all in favor of the Golden Knights when it came to chances five-on-five. Five. And with all the penalties that happened in game two, they played just shy of nine minutes head-to-head, that's a lot. So it was something that Jared Bednar was going after the other night. Uh, might be uh, a situation where it illuminated uh, uh, the Golden Knights and went, that, we don't mind that, uh, the matchup. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, uh, we're pumped up to, uh, for this one tonight. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking at those those numbers and you're looking at how well Stevenson, Stone, and Pacioretty did against McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog, not just in terms of shutting them down, but also in creating offense themselves, mm-hmm. then, you know, I mean, if, if you're Pete DeBoer, maybe you lean into that a little bit more and trust in your top line to, to really shoulder the load here in this game. Five on five, the Rantanen, McKinnon, Landeskog threesome did not have an opportunity off the rush which is probably the most significant number. Mm-hmm. Uh, and compare that to Stevenson, Pacioretty, and Stone, who had three. Yeah, and, and I think that that's really where, where you've got to attack the Colorado Avalanche, and specifically that line. You cannot allow them to carry pucks into the offensive zone. You can't allow them to have numbers going back the other way. And you've got to limit their ability on the rush. And if the Golden Knights are able to do that, I, I think that you do a, a really good job of giving yourself an opportunity to, to win that numbers battle against that top line uh, no Alex Tuck at the morning skate today Alec Martinez was not out there uh, wasn't the full complement of players either uh, so take that into account uh, Pete DeBoer was asked about the absence of the speedy forward and the shot blocking uh, defenseman who's also uh, found the net a couple of times with key power play goals in this postseason and uh, Pete was uh, blunt in his uh, assessment uh, back was if they're not out there consider everybody day-to-day whoever's not out and that goes to robin leonard too Mm -hmm. who we have not witnessed uh in person uh in either practice or a morning skate or in the uh game two warm-up uh since the opening game loss uh, to the colorado avalanche logan thompson backed up uh the other night looks like thompson will be the backup again this evening uh to mark andre Fleury with uh, leonard's absence uh uh, today because just he would have skated at some point and maybe has behind the scenes uh, and we don't know about Uh, as far as Tuck and Martinez I would think that they'll be available Mm -hmm. Uh, that it's just one of those maintenance uh, things Uh, 
you do you make any other changes, tweaks? Ryan Reeves will serve the second of his two-game suspension tonight, so he's not able to go back in. Uh, but Cody Glass is available. You could take Secure out or, or leave Secure in. Is, is there anything you might change? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, Dylan Secura did enough in that game. I thought he was he was good. I, I do think that, you know, the Golden Knights were were able to at least with that third line just kind of keep possession and look for chances. I think I thought Alex Tuck and Nick Waugh um, certainly had a couple of really good looks. I I don't know that I'd make a change necessarily and, and take Secura out, um, but I, I mean that's an option that that's there for Pete DeBoer. Mm-hmm. It depends on where you think Cody Glass's game is at and if you think that uh, you know Cody might be able to help you either um, you know at five on five or maybe even draw into the power play and help you in that situation that those are kind of the questions that I would I would have answered right it was such a great performance uh, when they got into the flow of the game which was in the second period and the third period uh, the other night in in game number two that it's uh, it's a difficult one to fiddle with Mm -hmm. but your point about the power play is a great one uh, that if you want to get a little bit more out of that uh, then maybe uh, Cody Glass would be the player that you would put in but you also look at okay Secure is going to play wing uh, Cody Glass likes to play center mm-hmm. uh, is more comfortable at center so if, if the player that's that we're talking about is going to be uh, on the wing then Secure would be uh, the, the player that that I would put in uh, over Cody Glass for this game tonight uh, Game two was was significant. I chatted with Mike McKenna earlier today on the uh, on the night's report, the morning skate report stream. Uh, it, not often where you go through a game like the other night and there's 18 skaters on the ice, mm-hmm. and you can really, without much work, remember some kind of positive impact from every single player: a play, uh, a, a chance, uh, a, a a defensive play, but from from all 18 skaters, it was a really solid effort. Yeah, 100%. I think that, you know, based on the way the Golden Knights played, based on the process of that game in game number two, I don't make much in terms of changes at all. I, I think I, I liked what I saw from Pete DeBoer. I'm encouraged by what I saw in the second and third period. And I think that that group, if you've got that commitment from everybody, all 18 in this game, game three, I think you have to like your chances. That that being said, I you know the the only thing that you are are frustrated by or upset by is that the result didn't match the process. Mm-hmm. Because for the Golden Knights, that process more often than not results in a win. It just didn't in game two. You know, Pacioretty doesn't fly under the radar at all. But uh, when you look at, uh, at all the chances, Riley Smith had the three posts the other night, and then uh, there was the overtime situation where the Avalanche score on the, on the power play. So that draws uh, some focus. Uh, you had uh, uh, the likes of uh, uh, the, the fourth line carrying so much momentum uh, at times and being able to set the table. Uh, like he had great looks the other night. He Incredible did. opportunities. Yeah. And if there's a guy uh, on the Golden Knights that, that I say is right there, close to breaking out, now this will be his fourth game back, uh, play game seven, and then yeah. the, the first two games in Colorado. Fourth game back uh, from the ailment, I, I think he could be that guy 
that has that explosive performance uh, statistically. You know, it, it's interesting you bring that up because when you when you look at the numbers for Max Pacioretty, obviously you remember the goal in game number seven, but mm. he's a point-of-game player since coming back. He does have a goal, two assists, three points in three games. And for me, like, the, the player I'm looking at is Shea Theodore, and the reason I'm going Shea Theodore is he picked up two helpers in that game on – on Wednesday, I think that getting those points to kind of stick to Shea over the last three games, certainly game seven against Minnesota, and then on Wednesday against the Colorado Avalanche, he's just primed. He's ready. Like, it, it's there. It's just once I once one goes, I think it's going to it's just going to flood out for Shea Theodore, and I think he's right there. Yeah. There's the commentary that uh, came through the first uh, few games of the Minnesota Wild series was – they didn't have a goal from a defenseman. Mm-hmm. I remember that conversation. Yeah. And it's it's come out through Alec Martinez scoring a couple of goals, and then you had the the big performance, Zach Whitecloud and, and Nick Hegg. Yeah. And, and it's quieted that a little bit. Tampa Bay, by the way, still doesn't have a goal <laughs> from a defenseman, which is extraordinary. And it's funny. You don't hear any of that talk because they're, they're lighting it up on the power play, and, mm-hmm. and they, they've been front runners in, in the series. Uh I, I think that the blue line here can still give you more offensive production. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I am on the record saying Petrangelo doesn't have to do that for me. Sure. He does enough other things. Uh, I think some of the heat that he's taken uh, has been unwarranted compared to the contributions that, that he gives you. Shea Theodore, however, if the confidence comes from those points in Game 7 and then the points in Game 2 then that's a big thing to have Shea Theodore finding the net. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's about getting those goals to, to fall, right? It's yeah. about finding the back of the net and then continuing that trend consistently through the rest of the of the series. And, and with Petrangelo, he's, he's been generating a ton. Mm-hmm. It's just not falling for him. And, and the interesting thing when you bring up Tampa in that they don't have a goal from their defense – Victor Hedman still second on the team in points yeah. because he's just picking up assist after assist. And when it comes to Shea Theater, when it comes to Alex Petrangelo, like even if it doesn't result in a goal off of their stick, as long as those assists, as long as those playmaking abilities start to generate real offense, I think the Golden Knights are in a great spot. Yeah, Hedman's picking up some points through the power play. Yeah, Kalorn, Kucherov, Stamkos, uh, some of those points would come from Theodore and Petrangelo if the power play was connecting a little bit. And he had some looks the other night. Well, it's interesting. Like, Is it any surprise to you that Alec Martinez in terms of, of offense from the blue line and power play production mm. is kind of that guy? Yeah. Because he, he's got his spot. He and, and that unit is able to get those cross-seam passes. They're very decisive when they're moving the puck. And Alec Martinez knows exactly where to be, and he gets that shot through. D- does it surprise me that he's the guy? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Compared to the guys that are also on that blue line. But when you watch what he's able to do from that right wing hash mark position and the one-timer, it's really the, the opposite spot of where Stamkos or Ovechkin yep. uh, set up. He slides down the wall a little bit and can hammer it. He's got a better shot, uh, a harder shot than I realized. Mm-hmm. And it certainly has 
the accuracy part of it because when he's coming over and uh, that's for for most goaltenders that'll be the glove side uh, coming over uh, he puts it in the in the absolute right spot and it's starting to become uh, a thing with, with the Golden Knights that uh, the Alec Martinez factor is a significant weapon on their power play. Just a great great addition to this team. Really, like, I mean, and, and it, he he started off last season at the deadline, very very good for the Golden Knights. But he has seemingly just really really found his groove this year with this club, and he's been excellent through these playoffs. And and he's been excellent knowing that, you know, he's he's probably battling through something right now. And I think that that's that's also important to to note, like. Alec Martinez is showing up for these games. He's blocking a ton of shots. He's selling out, and he's also coming up with some big goals. Yeah, it doesn't take the morning skates, so mm-hmm. that, that gives you an indication. Plus, he was injured uh, near yep. the end of the regular season. Let's get to some sound from Pete DeBoer this morning and uh, some questions uh, about the Avalanche power play. We know it's a factor. It was in game number one, and it decided the game in game number two. So how do you slow down the Avalanche power play, Pete? Well, we've got to do a better job. I think, uh, you know, our PK depth's been tested uh, with Nosek and Yanmark out of the lineup. And, uh, you know, the guys that are uh, getting some of those minutes in place of those guys, uh, you know, have got to, got to get the job done for us when they get in there. Yeah, when he talks about uh, being depleted a little bit, the Riley Smith took the penalty and that depletes you uh, yeah. because normally he'd be he's one of your key penalty killers so uh, double double whammy uh, for the for the Golden Knights on that Colorado power play yeah and I mean those are certain certain situations that you you have to kind of battle through in, in those in those game moments but it, and yeah. they almost did and they almost did you're absolutely right and, and again like of course we are going to look to that play. Of course we're going to look to that penalty because it resulted in the game-winning goal. But, you know, for, for the Golden Knights, you're absolutely right. The fact that it's Riley Smith that goes to the box and it takes away one of your best penalty killers, that's an extra added layer to just having to kill a penalty against Colorado in in overtime. Did you feel ripped off the other night about overtime? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was... I felt like I was settled in for a long go. Like I, you know, we talked about it a little bit on the show yesterday. I, I kind of felt double overtime. I, I was feeling the way that Grubauer was seeing the puck, the way that Mark Andre Fleury was playing. It was going to be a long night, and then the Colorado Avalanche had other plans. Why are, why are soft calls or like a delay of the game type calls? Why why does it feel like those end up in the back of the net on a power play opportunity more than? A, a battle penalty or the uh, dive that takes away a, a golden scoring opportunity. Does, does it not feel that way to you? Because they're deflating. Like they're yeah. just, they're deflating calls. And especially if it's something that, you know, the, the players on the ice or, or, or as a fan, you feel is very much ticky tack or you, you feel shouldn't be called. There's just kind of that sense of frustration that, that creeps in. And I just, I, there's kind of an inevitability about them, whether or not uh, it should be that way or not. I agree. Like there are times where you see a, a call happen and it's marginal at best and you almost immediately know, okay, that's the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete DeBoer has been through the environment that he's going to experience tonight before, uh, but he was on the other bench. Yeah. Uh, this will be different having this uh, nightclub atmosphere 
uh, rooting for him. And uh, he was asked today about the advantage, something we discussed uh, a little bit in our number one. Here's Pete DeBoer's assessment. Well, I'll tell you, there's there's no place uh, on earth we'd rather be playing game three. I can tell you that. Um, you know, should be a huge advantage for us. Guys are excited to play, uh, you know, city and, and, uh, and arena are, are open back up. So the world feels normal. Um, so, you know, should be an advantage for us. I love that line about uh, no better place uh, that we'd want to be playing in the entire world than, than T-Mobile Arena tonight. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's a, an electric building. It's a loud building. And it's a building that I think is, is really, really excited to see both of these teams on the ice live and in person. And, and you know, we, we talked about it. This series deserves full buildings. This series, these teams deserve to put on this display in front of a, a, a packed crowd. And, and for me, I think it's a, a situation where the Golden Knights can really, really build on and, and get some energy from this crowd that's ready to go wild. Pete was asked about the crowd. So was Shea Theodore. Here is number 27's comment regarding the whole building. You know, it's been a long time, but, um, you know, I think ever since the, the announcement was made that we're going to have a full house, it's, it's been excitement around the room. And, um, you know, that's, a, that's an atmosphere you want to be a part of. And, you know, it's definitely going to give us that, uh, that energy tonight. Just something different. You're down in two games, something to grab onto, something to give it that extra little push. And it, it means something. It, this is the most impactful building in the league for energy. And we're not just saying that because we're Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, we've been around to the other buildings. The players talk about it. Yeah, it, it, it also gives everybody, including the other team, a boost. But if you can channel it the right way, take over the game, and make them feel like they're being overwhelmed, then you can, you can potentially put make one goal turn into two or two turn into three yeah and, and i think that that's going to be my focus in terms of this game and in terms of the first 10 minutes or so how do the golden knights feed off the crowd how do they how does their play on the ice continue to build what this crowd's ready to do and that's go wild go nuts from the opening puck drop if the golden knights can really dig in early i i and, and find a goal early then all of a sudden, I think the sky's the limit for this team in this game. There was the must-win Game 7 on home ice in which the Golden Knights closed out a series in Vegas for the first time and uh, won a Game 7. It was the first Game 7 ever uh, at T-Mobile Arena, and they responded with a convincing performance against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, integral to that night was Mark Stone and his leadership. Uh, you also got some unexpected uh, offensive production from Nick Hag and Zach Whitecloud. You uh, you received uh, some splendid goaltending from Marc-Andre Fleury. Stone, like, these kind of nights, from, from the start of the season, like Kelly McCrimmon saying, Mark Stone will be a better player because he's got the C on his sweater. Mm -hmm. And we, we haven't gone two weeks without one of those sort of signature Stone moments. Mm -hmm. Now, this game tonight almost calls on one of those stone performances. I think you need your best players to be your best players, especially down 0-2 in a series and, and, and looking at, at trying to get yourself back and holding serve on home ice. So um, I would tend to agree with that. I, I think that Mark Stone is certainly one of those players that 
puts a ton of pressure on himself. He's certainly going to be looking at the first couple of games, looking at you know what what Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and Gabe Landeskog, what those three players have been able to do in terms of production, in terms of of the score sheet. And, and I think that Mark Stone, who's played well in this series, he just hasn't gotten rewarded. And for me, I think tonight's one of those games where Mark Stone has a couple of big plays, whether it be assists, whether it be three assists, whatever the case may be, or a goal or two. I just think that Mark Stone's going to have an impact on this game when it's all said and done. So Pacioretty is is a player that I think is on the verge of breaking out. Uh, the game calls for a Mark Stone moment. Give me a player or two that you think needs to give you more. And that's not a criticism yeah. as much as reality. You're well, down to who needs to give you a little bit extra production. Well, I mean, like all things being equal, I think your depth needs to come through for you, right? So um, the obvious answer for me is Alex Tuck, and it's not to suggest that Tuck's been, been bad or that he hasn't been good in this series. It's just from a production standpoint, it hasn't been there. So if you get a big game out of Alex Tuck, you get a couple of, of, of goals or whatever the case may be, or he's able to dominate every single time he's on the ice and it leads to actual goals, then that's a net positive for the Golden Knights. Alex Tuck, to me, is, is one of those keys in this series. Interesting that you bring him up. Because he can change your matchups. And with Pete DeBoer having last change, he can he can use them. Now, one area that uh, that Colorado does excel in is depth mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're four lines, and they, they are missing Nazem Kadri, who serves uh, another game of his suspension, eligible to come back for game seven, if necessary, uh, for the Colorado Avalanche uh, center iceman. Uh, but Colorado does have... Some, some strong depth. Uh, you, you think of uh, Jonas Donskoy, uh, JT Confer, uh, Tyson Jost, uh, players that, uh, that are either veteran or have, uh, have come up uh, through the draft uh, of the Avalanche and been able to make uh, contributions. Uh, Alex Tuck is a player that on some teams would be playing in on your top line or your top six. Mm-hmm. So by virtue of, of playing down in the lineup, should be able to create complications for the avalanche and that's an area that vegas will certainly aim to exploit if if you're going to go top line against top line yep. the way bedner did the other night and yep. and and pete DeBoer, uh will watch to see whether he does that uh this evening because of the success that the, the stevenson stone patch line had in, in game number two uh if they're going to go top line top line uh that uh that gives you a couple of different options uh, for for Alex Tuck to be slotted into uh, really positive situations, positions. Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, if you, you asked me for a couple of players. So Alex Tuck is my first one. Uh, in terms of just needing more, mm. and, and, and this is strictly production, not necessarily the way they've been playing, but production. Fair. Jonathan Marcheseau. Mm-hmm. Right, like you look at Marcheseau, you look at him as as the spark plug, and it's a beautiful pass to set up Riley Smith's goal by Jonathan Marcheseau in the neutral zone. I'm hopeful that that's something that springs him into action, that he's able to get that production to fall for himself as well. Because I think you're, you 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 said it. If you go top line, top line. You need production to come from other places in your lineup, and that misfit line has to be one of the one of the the, the impact players for the Golden Knights in this series. I, and I think they've been great. Exactly, the, that's the my point. Postseason, and 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 just to, to jump off on that, they have been fantastic. And then you look at the numbers. Yeah, 
And you go, mm. yeah. The reality is, you need more. And and it's it's you know there, there's playing well, which they're doing. Yes. But but it, you know when when you're down 0-2 in a series, the only thing that re- that matters now is results, right? And so. Yeah. You, you got to find ways to get extra goals. You've got to find ways to put more pucks in the back of the net. And for the Golden Knights, you have to look at your best players. An interesting conversation with uh, a person yesterday in the National Hockey League. We were talking about a couple of different series uh, and the the similarities uh, of the Carolina, Tampa Bay to Vegas and Colorado. How they've been sort of what you expected but they've been different. Now, mm-hmm. Tampa won the first two games on the road, but the games weren't style-wise what we an- anticipated. Uh, this series has been uh, a blowout and and a really close game and should be 1-1, uh, but comes back to Vegas with Colorado in firm control. Uh, and the, the comment was, the math is pretty simple for Carolina and Vegas. Mm-hmm. The right equation was found by Carolina in game three. Found a way to win on the road. Like there, I can't imagine many things being more deflating than losing the first two games at home yeah. and then having to go on the road. Now, Washington did it a few years ago yeah. uh, to start the playoffs and, and ended up uh, winning. Like it, it, it has been done. Uh, teams come back from, from 2 nothing down, but the math is pretty simple tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, you need to win. You, you, you like... It's 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 pretty easy for Vegas. You've got to find a way at the end of this game, 60 minutes or otherwise, to be one goal better than the than the Colorado Avalanche. You just do. Uh, Patrick Brown uh, is a player that uh, that played very well the other night. Will Carrier uh, was solid. Uh, Dylan Secura uh, chipped in. Uh, he's come up. Uh, we chatted with Manny Viveros yesterday about the contributions that some of those players uh, from the uh, the Henderson Silver Knights have made uh, throughout the season in being able to contribute. Uh, we will sneak up on uh, faceoff. We should be able to give you some of the lineups uh, early on in the uh, VGK pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas at 6 o'clock with uh, Ryan Wallace. An idea of what the lineup is going to be like. Uh, Hints are, indications are, that it's going to be very similar to uh, what we witnessed uh, the other night in Game 2 and that uh, controlled game by the Golden Knights, even though they didn't get the result. uh, They'll try to finish it off this evening and get back into the series uh, and try to make it uh, a 2-1 series situation going into the weekend. Uh, Coming up next, we have our VGK Insider one-timers. We have a big game involved in the North Division tonight, uh, a suspension uh, that we told you about yesterday with Mark Shifley, reaction to that today, as well as a couple other happenings in the NHL. This is the VGK Insider Show, live on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. We have a game underway in the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight. Game two of the North Division final. Winnipeg Jets hosting the Montreal Canadiens. Canadiens hold a 1-0 series lead. 0-0 after one period. In Winnipeg, the Jets playing without Mark Shifley, who serves game one of his four-game suspension for the late-game hit on Jake Evans in game number one. Shifley addressed the suspension today for the first time and didn't double down, 
but stood firm in that he felt four games was excessive. The entire hockey world realized there was going to be something to come out of it. Yeah. I anticipated two. You were right along the line of four, so you uh, you nailed it. Some of what Mark Shifley brought up, I'm with him on. Never received a charging penalty. Uh, his his arms were in. Uh, look, the, the visually, it was a horrific play. Yeah. But in listening to Mark Shifley, I appreciated why he was so frustrated. It wasn't just hey. Uh, it was a hockey player gone wrong. Like he, there was a lot of substance to his uh, contradiction to the uh, number that came in at four. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that that he was really good today in, in terms of uh, of addressing it, and I, I get his his viewpoint on it. I, you know, I, I still think the the distance traveled. I think the the violence with which that hit was delivered. Um, I I think that the 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 punishment was exactly that it was it was a hefty heavy punishment for mark shifley and, and again when you watch that live when you watch shifley's reaction afterward it's a player that recognizes in the moment that what he did was a was a major issue was a problem probably shouldn't have done that um, but player safety decided to to make an example, and you know I I can understand the frustration for Mark Shifley, especially when he's been as clean as he's been throughout his entire career. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I think two to four was was kind of the range, and they decided to go heavy and hard. Here is just the comparison that I'll make is to to Nazem Kadri, who's serving an eight game suspension right now. Yeah. Uh, for the Colorado Avalanche, and he, this is his third suspension in the last uh, four playoffs, yeah. and has been suspended previously. Uh, outside of that, in the NHL's regular season, he got eight games. Yeah, uh, for a hit to the head that uh, that was a, a hockey player, but uh, but it, what we sort of witnessed from the inspiration of Rule Forty Eight was was Mark Savard, uh, and and that hit uh, ten years ago. So, so he gets suspended eight games for his third suspension of four years, and then Shifley, who's never been suspended, on like gets whacked for four yeah. right away. Now, violent-wise, when you look at the at the plays, like Shifley's hit on Jake Evans was was nasty. Like yeah. it makes you uh, your heart stop. But I, I was I was surprised they went went to that length. Yeah, I. You know, again, I, I think that this was one of those situations where uh, player safety decided to go heavy with their suspension. I don't and, like the example thing either. And and that's fair. Like, that's that's fine. I, I just think that, you know, I can see it from both sides. I can understand Shifley's frustration. I can understand based on his record, and when I say record, I mean lack thereof, that you would expect it to be a little bit more lenient in terms of the games. But... You know, this is one of those situations where I, I think, you know, you have you have an opportunity to try to send a message, and that's what player safety did. I, I'm, I'm surprised that, and, and I'm not sure, is, is Shifley not going to appeal this? No. No. There's, there will be no appeal. Yeah. Doesn't want it to be a distraction. Uh, here's the other thing. Shifley doesn't even swear. Yeah. Like, he is as, as wholesome as a bag of milk. You guys don't have bags of milk here, but in Canada we have bags of milk. <laughs> He's as wholesome as a bag of milk. Still a competitor, though. 
and doesn't even swear. Do you think he should have had at least one game knocked off because he never swears? Well, no, well, no, well because I, I think you can you can take the argument to the other side and say if he can control himself on the ice in the heat of the battle in those moments not to swear, then he can probably make a different play in, in that situation and, and make a different decision there. I would like every player who is suspended to be able to explain their actions as eloquently as he did today, though. Yeah, I agree. That was that was outstanding. Uh, Jenny Malkin, surgery on his right knee. He will be unavailable for the Pittsburgh Penguins training camp. They're learning a little bit about uh, what happened late in the season when Malkin missed a, a handful of games and then was uh, was not great uh, in the series. He played the last four games of the best of seven uh, series loss. Uh, so he's been dealing with a knee injury and fought really hard to get back into the lineup, said Mike Sullivan, the head coach. Uh, uh, he was not 100%, and today he has the uh, the surgery and won't be back But uh, uh, until training camp. Uh, we'll miss a little bit of that camp. Yeah, I mean, when we, when we assess and, and judge these athletes, um, especially when it comes to playoff performance and whether or not they live up to expectations, we, we've always got to take... It with a little bit of a grain of salt because oftentimes after series end we get a fuller picture of what the athletes dealing with in terms of injuries in terms of of what they're battling through so um it's not really a surprise to me that Evgeny Malkin was not 100 percent based on how he played Gino one of the great names uh, Max Domi <laughs> he's going to be out for six what's going on with the Columbus Blue Jackets a couple of years ago Pulled off the great upset yeah. uh, of the 62-win Tampa Bay Lightning. And you kind of looked and went, you add a couple of players here, and you've got a real contender in the Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. Everybody bolted by a free agency. The team went in the, the tank. John Tortorella up and left. Uh, and, and now you've got injury. And, and then never mind the free agents that they traded away. Uh, Max Domi will be out for the next six months after having surgery on his shoulder. Remember that uh, that broadcast uh, tip I gave you? Mm -hmm. Never say surgery, never say shoulder surgery. Yep, surgery on his shoulder. shoulder. Okay, <laughs> um, I don't know what's, what's gonna happen with the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, beyond just Max Domi. There's Seth Jones who has made it clear he wants to test free agency. So what do you do if you're Yarmo Kekalainen in, in that situation? You've got a a great defenseman in Seth Jones who is under your control for just one more year. Um, there's a lot of questions left to be answered, I think, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm not really sure where they go from here, but um, that it certainly doesn't help that Max Domi's uh, out for the next six months. And uh, remember, he was uh, acquired in exchange for Josh Anderson, who... Yep. Hasn't quite hit a stride playoff-wise uh, yet for no. Montreal, but uh, but I'd be that would make me wary because he hasn't uh, hit his stride yet. Uh, if Seth Jones is dealt away because they can't sign him, uh, then uh, he's already gone to Toronto. That's already been decided. Everybody's already decided that uh, okay. because uh, because the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to trade Mitch Marner for, for Seth Jones. I can't believe that. Uh, oh, come on. That 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 the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets don't even get a say in it because everybody else has already decided. Well, I thought Toronto already yeah. did say it's not happening. <sighs> well, no, no, the media, everybody's saying it's, it's going to happen. Well, I, like, I get that, yeah. but I, I, I think the, the company line is 
the big four are safe in Toronto. Did you uh, see the Islanders-Bruins game last night? Uh, parts of it, yes. Did you see the winning goal, Brad Marchand? Yes, it was fantastic. Okay, what part caught your interest? Because there's, there's a couple of things that went into that play. So... For me, it's just the fact that Marchand was able to pick that corner from that angle. I just, went, I went back a about shot. 15 seconds. Yeah. So Boston brings the puck up the ice, mm-hmm. and then they make a change right at the bench, and he hops in on the ice and just stays on side as he hops over the boards on the ice. It was one of the stranger. And then he, he carries the puck in on the left wing. Mm-hmm. It's the most innocent-looking play. Yeah. Like, Nobody in the building thought he was going to shoot. No. Nobody in the building thought he could ever score from there. Nope. And then you look back on it and go, that's not even a fluky goal. What a shot. No, he, he ripped that one. And, and again, like, the, the, the thing for me is that I watched that goal back uh, 10 to 15 times. I'm with you. And I still don't understand how he was able to make that shot from that spot on the Did ice. you see the reverse angle when you're looking yeah. from like uh, like over the goalie's shoulder? Yeah. And and there's it's one of those optical illusions where there's there's no way the puck had to go through the goaltender. Yeah. To get to get yeah. into that. No, it was it was fascinating. Um I'm telling you right now and I never thought I'd I'd be in a position to say this. I really like Brad Marchand. I just do. There's something about him that's relatable now. Yeah, somebody else uh, tweeted that the other day uh, about Brad Marchand being likable. And, uh, oh, he's a Canadian uh, country music uh, performer. (laughs) That's who it was. I I still follow the Canadian country music artist. And they they couldn't believe that they were saying that. But... Like he did. He did have a couple of slashes and a stick. And who, who do you, he high stick somebody yesterday? So there's still that element of his game. He hasn't licked anybody yet. That's a good thing. But, uh, it's progress. I almost feel like he's got to got to do something to get his rep back. He's in danger of of making this thing go right. all skill. I mean, like let's not get it twisted, right? He he did slash Travis Ajak in the face in the same game that he scored an impossible overtime winner, but. Uh, I don't know. There's something about Brad Marchand these days that's just likable. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but I find Come myself. On, give, me, give me an idea of what, what, what's making him likable. I, I think that it's just he's scoring big goals, right? Mm-hmm. Like like he's he's been that guy for many years now. There's, there's kind of a maturity in his game that I think everyone had been waiting for him to, to kind of reach, but... All those extra things had, had taken away that that uh, that thought process, but I think I just think he's playing the game incredibly hard, and he's finding the back of the net in key key moments. He's been absolutely clutch for Boston, and I think that 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 kind of wins people over. I know it has me. I will say this: Taylor Hall acquisition by the Boston Bruins has. Uh, certainly been more productive than I ever anticipated it would be. He's been really good. Um, it, it's almost like when you put Taylor Hall on a good team with, with good players and you surround him with talent and he actually gets to play in the playoffs, it, it's almost like you can see why he was an MVP in this league. It's weird. Uh, I still wasn't uh, convinced that it was going to happen, but but it has, and, and good on him. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes won that uh, crucial game three last night in overtime. Do you think that's a series or is that just delaying the inevitable? 
Um, oh, by the way, they started Peter Mrazek, and he and he won, so he'll continue to go. Yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly a a tall task for Carolina because they've got to win four or five against Tampa, and they've got to do the majority of their winning on the road. But the fact that they were able to get that win in Game Three certainly sets them on on the right foot. It guarantees they're going back to Carolina for at least one more game. Um, I I haven't minded the way that Carolina's played in the first three games. I think they've played relatively well. I think it I think it becomes a series. I really do. I think Carolina can win Game Four and kind of put the pressure back on the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think they've got the goods to do it. And now that you've seen a, a few of the series, do you want to give me winners, or do you still need to to see a little bit more? Like, um, we're only one game into the North. I. Uh, I'm still taking okay. Winnipeg there. Uh, yeah, I'm going Boston. Uh, I I think Winnipeg is the safer bet, but I'm going to go Montreal, and I'm going to say it for the, the same reasons I said it before. Uh, I can't have Winnipeg win because I said they had no chance. Mm. Um, and, and you know what? Like, as much as I, I think that this is the absolute wrong decision, even though I just said that they're going to make a series of it, I'll take Carolina over Tampa. Ooh. I will even though I don't really believe it wholeheartedly. No? No. It would be interesting if you have uh, Vegas and Carolina both come back from 2 nothing series deficits yep. in the same postseason. Uh, before we let you go, in one-timers, tomorrow, big collision. Huge matchup. First time since 1950 that Canada and the United States will meet in a semifinal game at the World Hockey Championship. Mm -hmm. U.S. won 5-1 in the round robin when they met earlier. Canada lost its first three, uh, but uh, they've rebounded since then, beat Russia in the quarterfinals. Canada, USA, for the right to play for the gold medal at the World Hockey Championship, and that one's tomorrow in Riga, Latvia. So, I mean, obviously USA is going to win, but that's fine. Um, we'll see. Canada's uh, Canada's found this game like here. Uh, Canada was was this close, mm -hmm. like to being put into a relegation situation. Yeah, and and made the quarterfinals based on a result. They like, threw a tiebreaker. Yeah. Um, so, so how far are you willing to go, Darren? No, 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 no. I I don't want to bet this one, and and I'll tell you why. I haven't watched a minute of it. So like I there at no point in time do I want to bet this. Arizona Coyote goalies are Canada's goalies, <laughs> which they're fine. But there's a there's Owen Power, the projected number one overall pick, is on Team Canada, mm -hmm. coached by Gerard Glant too, yeah, uh, and, and Mike Kelly. Uh, those are your one timers. We wish to both teams the best of luck. Uh, Canada and the United States will both be playing for a medal, either the gold medal or the bronze medal at the World Hockey Championships. Uh, those are your one timers. For this Friday, June the Hemp on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Game three, West Division final coming up at T-Mobile Arena. Pre-game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas at the top of the hour. Ryan Wallace will take you through the 60-minute pre-game show and then give way to Dan Duva and Gary Wallace. For the game, make sure that you tune in and uh, contribute to the post-game show as well. Looking forward to uh, all the comments and all the reaction from uh, VGK fans 
with 18,000 people in the building tonight. This is going to be fantastic. Golden Knights looking for uh, a victory and to get back into this series, uh, trailing 2-0 coming into it. Uh, 1-0 Montreal in the second period against the Winnipeg Jets in Game 2 of that set, trying to win both games on the road of the North Division final. Time for catching up with Chapman. You lost about 40 seconds earlier because of uh, your contributions and jumping in, so you're down to about three minutes and 20 seconds. I like how you refer to them as contributions. Are they really contributions? That's you as, said it, not us. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just making a joke for you. Oh, you don't need to do that. <laughs> I, I'm per- perfectly capable. So last night in the NBA, we saw something that we had not seen before. That was LeBron James losing in the first round of the NBA playoffs. The statistics behind this are unbelievable. It's the 15th time he's he's made the playoffs as a pro. He was 14-0 in first-round series in his entire career. We saw the emergence of a new superstar last night, Devin Booker. I believe he's going to be a massive, massive superstar as the Phoenix Suns eliminate the defending champion L.A. Lakers from the NBA playoffs. Lots of cheering in my abode for that one because I am a certified Laker hater. So anytime they lose, I'm, I'm happy. But uh, How did you get certification for that? Yeah, I, I think you just uh, make the announcement that you're a certified Laker mm. hater. And, and oh, you so it's not like a real certification? Well, I got one for being a certified Yankee hater. So, And they're losing right that now. That was actually a certification? Yes, that is a certification, oh, wow. yes. It's I, not the only thing you're certified in. Well, yeah, I know. We won't go there, though. <laughs> so... Uh, Lakers, they, they they bow out in the playoffs. We will have a new NBA champ. Lakers all Lakers and Celtics both fail to advance. Makes me oh, happy. Makes me happy. Heat? Who's taking more heat, Larry Bird or Magic? Oh, Magic, definitely. The, the, the Celtics don't have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. No, I was jo- I was that was making a joke that the Lakers and the Celtics were out. Well, they're yeah, and it's good. It's good that they're both out. Why does everything go over your head? No, because that that wasn't a good joke. That's why. You could try a little bit. But it wasn't funny. It was mocking my uh, lack of knowledge of the NBA. Well, the fact that you knew Larry Bird played for the Celtics is a good start. Mm-hmm. He also coached. Yeah, do you know who? Uh, the uh, Pacers of Puxatawney. <laughs> Close enough. Puxatawney in Indiana, they may as well be the same. Puxatawney so. Pacers. <laughs> yeah. I like so, that. So who's your pick uh, for uh, the NBA championship? I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to get it done. They've got the three three superstar players all playing really well together. Um, I like the Sixers. That's who I, who I support a little bit. Not really the biggest NBA fan, but I do support the Sixers. I don't think they're going to get the job done. I Are think you certified? Good. Are you certified? No, no, Sixers I am not a certified Sixers supporter. But uh, when the Nets left New Jersey about a decade ago, I, I I was like, I can't root for these guys. They left my home state. Screw them. So you're I, a certified hater, but you're not any. You're not a certified. Supporter. No, I'm not. I'm not too hardcore of a Sixers fan. I I'm, I root for them, okay. but yeah, I, I don't I don't go crazy for them like I do for. The Mets or the Jets or Liverpool. And what, like, how big is your abode? Uh, not too, too big. And why not call it an apartment or a condo or Cause, a Because it doesn't sound as cool. I like abode. Yeah? It's a good word. Okay. Makes people uh, curious. How much time do we have left? 13 seconds. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Enjoy Game 3. Golden Knights. What will it be like on Monday when we're back with you on the VGK Insider Show? Pre-game, game three is next.